Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our city campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Good evening, everyone. How are you doing? Very underwhelming. I understand that you've walked into church tonight not expecting to have soap and toothbrushes and toilet paper thrown at you. I understand that there might be a little bit of angst, but it's uh, it's all uh, part of the fun of our Thanksgiving day. Before I uh, jump any further uh, into the message tonight, I just want to uh, again just say that uh, it'd be great for you to uh, join us at retreat next uh, next uh, weekend if you can make the whole weekend, and uh, it's going to be a great weekend or even just for the Sunday, I want to say that we have six baptisms at retreat on Sunday morning, six young adults uh, who are part of this uh, congregation. And, uh, and so really exciting. And so I'd love to have you come and join uh, for that. Uh, they're going to be baptised in Christmas Creek. And uh, it's a beautiful spot there. So going to be a really special day. Uh, so if you can't make it for the whole thing, come down. We'll be sending out emails this week and uh, check out Facebook pages for directions to get there. We would love to have you. It's going to be a really special time. And I know a number of those who are getting baptised are here this evening. So it's going to be a fantastic um, Occasion. Alrighty, Thanksgiving Day. I uh, I said to my brother-in-law, Megan's brother, uh, they are Americans, and I said to them during the week, I said, we're, "We're celebrating Thanksgiving Day today," and they got really excited and confused at the same time. It's like, "What? You're having turkey and pumpkin pie and pecan pie?" Because in America, I know, I know all the Canadians in the room. I know, I know, it's so exciting. I was told that tonight that actually it's Thanksgiving Day weekend in Canada, isn't it? Sorry, we don't have any turkey or any pumpkin pie or pecan pie or whatever the Canadians do. Is it the same stuffing? Chickens. Chick- oh, chickens, not <laughs> chickens. I'm going to talk about chickens a little bit later on, but I love a good American Thanksgiving. I'm sure Canadian Thanksgiving is great as well. American and Canadian Thanksgiving. Alyssa was very excited as well, our Canadian up the back. Hey, uh, it's not that Thanksgiving. As much as I love Thanksgiving, it's part of what we do is give thanks to God. See, Thanksgiving Day in in the American, and I'm sure the Canadian tradition goes back to the 1600s when the pilgrims came and gave thanks to God for providing for for them, And, uh, and we do. Today is a day where we as a church give thanks to God for his generosity to us. God has been so kind to us. He has been so generous to us. Come on, we, we live in Australia in 2021. We are really, really rich. We're really blessed. God has given us so much. But it's not just celebrating the fact that God has given to us. More than that, God invites us into radical generosity. And tonight we're going to look at that, the fact that, that we are in a kingdom where we have received much, but we are also invited to give much. And so uh, if there's a big idea uh, I want us to grab hold of tonight, it's this is that thanksgiving in God's kingdom moves us from provision and toward participation. It goes beyond provision and moves us toward participation. That is what it looks like to live in the way of Jesus. And I'm going to read just three verses tonight. 
So you're thinking, awesome, this is going to be the shortest message I've ever heard from Andrew. Well, I'm not making any guarantees, but uh, three verses, two stories. Three verses, two stories about what it looks like to be in the kingdom of God. I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 13 tonight. So I've got your Bibles. Open them up. The words are going to come up on the screen behind me. A really short passage as Jesus tells two stories or two parables. Let's read it together. Matthew 13, verses 31 to 33. He told them, that is Jesus, told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven... Or the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God are used interchangeably in the Gospels, is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all the way through the dough. Jesus here talks about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven, or as I said before, the kingdom of God. Now, there is a prerequisite for the kingdom of heaven. People ask, well, what is the kingdom of heaven? What is Jesus talking about when he talks about the kingdom of heaven? What do you need for a kingdom to exist? Come on, someone tell me. What do you need for a kingdom to exist? A king. A king. Or, or what was that? A queen. Absolutely, Maddie. Because I lived in a kingdom for 10 years. For ten, in fact, I met my wife, Megan, in a kingdom. It was called the United Kingdom, where England, it may not feel at times united, but it's England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, and a whole bunch of other small islands. It's a kingdom, and it doesn't have a king. It has a queen. And uh, there is Liz. Uh, she's, uh, I, think, I think that that's uh, a little bit pixelated there. Uh, either that or she is really, really old. Um, and that, what's that? She is old. I know she is really old. But that is, that is the queen of the kingdom, the United Kingdom. And, and, and just to let you know, we are actually part of the Commonwealth. So technically, she's our queen too. Uh, isn't that nice? And, uh, and so in a kingdom, you need a king or a queen. And as one, or as one king, uh, kid yelled out this morning as I asked, what do you need for a kingdom? The first thing, servants, which, uh, which I also thought was a very good answer. But Jesus says that there is an alternative kingdom. There's an alternative kingdom. There is a kingdom that you can't see. It's not a territory. It's not a country. It's the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of heaven. But Jesus makes a profound statement elsewhere in the Gospels where he, says, where he stands up and he says, I am the Messiah. I am the king. I am the king of the kingdom of heaven. And I am inviting you into this wonderful, beautiful kingdom. In fact, in Luke chapter four, Jesus makes a profound statement. He goes to church. It's actually a Saturday, it's Sabbath because it's in Israel at that time. And he stands up a little bit like where I'm standing now. And he reads from Isaiah chapter 61. I'm going to read it in a moment. And then he says something profound. He says, today this prophecy is fulfilled in its hearing. 
In other words, he is saying, this picture of the kingdom has been fulfilled. I am fulfilling this picture of the kingdom. Isaiah chapter 61 verses one to three says this. It's a beautiful picture of the kingdom of God as Isaiah writes the word of God in prophecy. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, Isaiah says, and Jesus reads out in Luke chapter four, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them, said this to the kids this morning, everybody in the kingdom gets a crown, a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They, that is those who are in the kingdom of God, will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Is, is that a good picture? Like, is it, do you want to be in that you know, I read that and I go, yeah, I want to be part of that kingdom. I want to be living there. And Jesus says in Luke chapter 4, I am the king. This is fulfilled in its hearing and I am the kingdom of heaven. This is what I am inviting you into. Jesus says that he is the king of the kingdom. And what's more we are all invited to participate in the kingdom. Every one of us. You look at this passage in Isaiah, Isaiah 65, it's for those who mourn, it's for the poor, it's for the brokenhearted, it's for those who are captives, those who are prisoners. That's, that's everybody. You don't have to have a certain salary or live in a certain area or come from a certain country or a certain area or have certain parents or from a certain line to be invited into this kingdom. Everyone is invited in and everyone gets to participate in this kingdom. And the thing is, as Jesus then goes on to paint this picture of the kingdom in Matthew chapter 13, he says that as we participate, there is great potential there is great power. See, our participation in the kingdom has power far beyond our own capacity. How do I know? Because Jesus says is that the kingdom of God is like a man who goes and plants a mustard seed. And Jesus says in verse 32, he says, though it's the smallest of seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and it becomes, it becomes a big tree so that birds come and perch in its branches. You know, our house, I think, looks a little bit like the kingdom of God. Not inside our house, that's a work in progress, but outside our house, our backyard. We've, we've only got a small backyard but it is filled with wildlife. I mean, we've got, we have got animals everywhere and none of them have been invited. 
We, we have possums that come every night to eat the avocados uh, from our neighbor's tree, and then they jump onto our roof. And about 10 o'clock every night, those possums that are amazing at walking along wires somehow put boots on when they run across our roof. It is unbelievable how noisy possums can be. You know, we've got bush turkeys that just make a whole bunch of mess in our yard, and we've got bats that hang from the trees. But more recently, and this is where I'm getting to the point of a picture of the kingdom of God, a little bit like Jesus said here, we've just, we've had birds just start to hang out. A few months ago, we, just, we had a chicken just start coming over and coming to our back, coming to our back door and just clucking. And our kids love it. I mean, they love playing with our chicken and they've made a nest for it the other day and and they love playing with this chicken that they've called Penny. It's a hen called Penny. And, uh, and, And, you know, they love it. I don't because the kids love feeding this chicken, but the chicken does not lay any eggs for us. All it does is lay other things on our porch that we have to clean up. In fact, I saw... Penny standing on my barbecue the other day, and I, I got to say, I was starting to get tempted. I, 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 I was starting to think, Penny needs to be called barbecue, because I think I, I like barbecue chicken, and if Penny annoyed me anymore, I reckon Penny could find herself in the barbecue. That's Penny. We also have magpies just in the last six weeks, just kind of hanging out. There's two parents and an adolescent. And, um, and we, we feed, the, like they come and they eat from our hands, except for the adolescent. Because the adolescent just doesn't do any work. He just kind of waits for his parents. To get, it sounds familiar, doesn't it? Um, we got three, so there's two parents, an adolescent, and they come and, and we've been feeding them again, the kids, just, that, which is amazing for us as a family. Because we've got a, we've got a sketchy track record when it comes to magpies, because magpies, we know that magpies aren't always that great around this time of year. In fact, you may have heard the story, but the first day that we moved back from the UK, this is the first day that Megan is living in Australia. We go for a walk, and, and I, I hear this flatter, this snap, and I look up, and a magpie is swooping my wife, Megan. And Megan has been walking around worried about all the things that can bite her on the ground. She literally said in exasperation, what? kind of country has birds that attack you from the sky. That was Megan's first experience. But now we've got these domesticated magpies that follow Megan around. The adolescent actually walked into the garage the other day following Megan looking for food. You know, these magpies are unreal. They come and they just sing on our back porch, just assuming that we'll just come and give them food. And if we don't, then we've got a photo, they actually jump up on our window and they sing there, and if we still don't come, they start tapping the window, saying, come on, guys, we're hungry, time for you to feed us. Our backyard has become that beautiful big tree where birds just come and perch themselves. Why? Well, because it's safe. Because they know that they're going to get fed. Because they're actually going to have some, strangely enough, some human interaction, some connection with us. It's a bit strange, but they enjoy it every day. They come. 
And that's the picture that Jesus gives here. He says the kingdom of God is, is like a seed that, that, that gives fruit, that gives life, that gives vitality over time. I reckon Jesus is, is pulling off that picture from Psalm chapter 1. If you know the psalm, Psalm chapter 1 says, speaks about a person who walks in the way of God. And then it says in verse 3, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. See, when we enter into the kingdom of God, when, 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 when we step in, when God comes into us, we begin to grow. We begin to flourish. We begin to experience life. And what's more is that we are invited to multiply. We are invited to be that reservoir for other people. You know, I love big trees. Big trees do provide that. They provide safety and protection and connection. You know, one of my favourite trees is actually a tree at where we're going next weekend. And it's, uh, it's this massive big Morton Bay fig. And it's not just a tree. It's a place, obviously, where birds can go and find shelter and protection. But it's also a place where when we go there, and I've been there many, many times... We just love to sit underneath it and connect and enjoy time together, enjoy its protection and its shade. And Jesus says is that there is great potential and power in a small seed that starts in one person's heart. The kingdom of God grows and grows and grows until it looks like a tree that brings that vitality and life. See, a small seed carries with it Great potential and possibility. And here's the thing. As the Spirit of God grows in us, we also are invited to participate in the kingdom of God, to be that place of protection, to be that place of life, to be that place of love, to be that place where we can multiply, where we can pass on the good news of Jesus, to be that place where others can also find life and grow in potential. See, these, these red bags that you see on the stage and all around, you know, in and of themselves, they're not really seeds. You know, this is just some pasta. And there's, there's toothpaste in here. There's cereal. And they're all good things. They're all wonderful things. But the seed is when we take these red bags and we give them to someone. Because as we give them, we are seeding something of the kingdom of God in their life. We're saying this is from our heart. This is, for, this is from a heart of love because we want to love you and serve you. And when we walk the streets carrying these red bags, uh, you know, people are starting to get to know them. In fact, we've got some pictures now. People know us in the city because of our red bags. They see us and they know that there's safety and protection. And I think most importantly, Connection. See, this red bag is not just about resources and food. This is about connecting with somebody. This gives us permission to get down on someone's level and say, how are you doing? And in fact, that's the most profound thing we can do. 
to actually have human connection with others, to actually have an exchange of love. I'm gonna invite uh, Julia up. Julia leads our city care ministry and is part, part of this. Why don't you give Julia a huge hand? And really quickly, Jill, I want to ask you just one question. I know we, yes. heard, we heard from you a few weeks ago, and I love seeing what God is doing in the city and how he is using a huge team of people uh, to love and serve our city every Thursday. Um, firstly, just tell us what happens on Thursday, and then I'll ask you just a highlighter. Tell us mm-hmm. what you're loving, what you're seeing. So. Mm-hmm. On Thursdays, we started about you 6. You can show the photos again. We started about 6 a.m. I, I say we. I've only been once. Sorry, guys. Um, started about 6 a.m. Uh, God's blessed us with someone who lives in the city, with an apartment in the city where we can park. And so they can all park, uh, meet at... Um, Cathed- oh near Cathedral Square. Yes, thank you. And uh, just walk. We've got three walking routes. There's one, the newest one is to the valley, um, which has gotten a lot of um, regular faces who have picked up our reg bads very quickly. We've got um, Adelaide Street and Edward Street, um, and we just go and say hi. And there's a bunch of people who um, we see every week, a bunch of people who um, we've built really good rapport with through these bags, through the hygiene packs, through the up and goes and bananas, um, who we can check in on and be you know, how's your week? How's your dog? Um, one of the most amazing things that happened, tangent, um, was that someone recently um, has a dog and the dog bit a guy that works in the city. So the dog got impounded and um, the dude was distraught because this is his companion. And so a bunch of people from our ministry and from around the city heard about it and advocated and um, got to see the dog reunited with the owner and the owner housed. Yep. which is just incredible, that, that kind of community yeah. work. Um, sorry, tangent. Yeah, that's good. Um, but then uh, at 9.30, we'll all meet um, back here and we put on lunch. So we go from 9.30 to 12 and we'll um, just have some food. We've got like, uh, Mackenzie has been giving us um, hygiene stuff, as well as clothing, as well as a bit of pantry stuff. So as people come in, they can be like, oh, you know, my don't have a belt for my pants, they're too big. Here's a belt. My shoes and now have a hole in them. Here's some new shoes. So really practical, simple stuff. That really helps us to have that conversation over lunch. And the lunch helps us have that conversation with people to begin with. Yeah, it's really cool. I love seeing what you're doing, Julia. Anything else that's just a highlight for you that you, as you reflect and and look at what's going on, that you just go, I just love seeing that. Yeah, I think probably the most powerful thing is just the way that God is moving in this space. Um, the morning walk has been flourishing for the longest time, uh, and we'll you know talk to thirty people every morning at least. Um, but the lunch is a bit more intimidating for people. You have to walk up the weird stairs, like where's my exit? Like who are these people? bit of bravery going on also like if I'm leaving my street my like bit of the street someone else will take it so there's a bit of like whatever anyway I've been praying to God about it what are we doing are we doing the right thing whatever and in the last couple of weeks God's well God was saying you know just keep waiting just wait for me and last week we had six twelve ten people come through one two three weeks um and there's a someone who's just been he divine intervention, I think, got the flyer out in Ascot. And I was like, I'm going to come in. And then he's been going around to all the other street vendors and be like, 
guys, you need to come try this out. So Gosh is doing some really cool work that's facilitated some amazing conversations at lunch just about well-being and Jesus and, you know, life on the street. It's so good. Why don't you just thank Julia? She is doing an incredible job. I want to honour um, Julia for her faithfulness too because, you know, it, it, it is the, the just turning up every week, just being faithful. We're not going anywhere. You know, particularly for those who um, are socially disadvantaged, those who are sleeping rough, they, they know the deal. You know, they see people come and go all the time. And uh, it takes time for trust to be built. And it's these seeds, just every week, just saying, we love you. We're not going anywhere. We love you. Uh, we want to connect with you. We want to serve you. And it's beginning to bear fruit. Thank you, Julia. And uh, everybody else who's involved in what you are doing. Our participation in the kingdom of God has power far beyond our own capacity. God wants to continue to grow the seeds that he's given us. He wants us to be that big tree that provides protection, safety, and connection. And Jesus goes on to tell another story. He doesn't talk about potentiality and this opportunity for life and growth and care. But he goes on and tells another story about how our participation must be everywhere. Our participation in the kingdom is a partic participation in presence. That's a tongue twister. He goes on and he tells another short story. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds. 60 pounds is a lot of dough uh, or a flour until it works through the dough. I mean, that's a lot. Just a small amount, just a little amount of yeast can make a big difference. It works its way through everything. Now, I'm, I'm not a baker. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't make bread. You know, in lockdown, I didn't join the whole let's make sourdough kind of thing. Anyone do that? Anyone get into the whole sourdough? Come on, you can, you, can, you can put your hand up and say, yes, that's me. Come on, Hannah, you did, did you? Yeah, okay, you were just a little bit shy there, Han. Oh, I gotta be honest, I didn't. Megan is, is a great baker. Um, but so I wanna use another analogy of something that's very small but gets everywhere. I'm going to use the analogy of fragrance candles. <laughs> I know. It, now, fra I, 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 anyone like fragrance candles? Anyone? Just stick your hand. Again, you can be brave. I'm sticking my hand up for this one. I yeah, good on you, Hamish. I like a good fragrance candle, uh, usually. Uh, j just yesterday, um, I got to a point where there was a smell in the entrance of our house that I needed to deal with. It had been there for a few days. And uh, we've got some cupboards and some drawers and I was sure something had died. Like it was, I said, I, I said Megan, there is a smell down here. It's disgusting. I've got, we've got to clean it out. And so I started looking underneath the cupboard and in the cupboard for a dead rat or a dead mice or a rotten piece of fruit. I, just, I looked everywhere, spent hours, well, not hours, that's it, that's, no, just minutes, minutes. Um, hours were just, I'd give up way before then. Cleaned everything. I could not find anything. I said, Megan, I have no idea what's going on in this room, but it stinks of something. Something has died in here and it's horrible. And then I just hear this voice. Oh, it's not that new candle I put in the entrance, is it? Well, it turns out 
that mulled cider fragrance candle also smells like something dead. <laughs> this is horrific. Now, uh, overnight, Charles, later, I'm going to invite you to come and smell this. And you can tell me whether this smells like something has died because it split the room this morning. Uh, it's dis- uh, for me, it's disgusting. Fragrance candle. And look, it hasn't even been lit before. It's like this thing just has the power to get everywhere even when it hasn't been lit. Fragrance can- and, and it kind of sticks to you. You know, these fragrance, they, they kind of, wherever you go, it kind of follows you. Uh, fragrance candles are like yeast. They might be small, but they get everywhere. And Jesus says, we're, like, we're, we're supposed to be, or we're to be like fragrance candles. We're to be like yeast. We might be small, but we need to be everywhere. In fact, that is what the kingdom of God does. Somehow it gets, or was it something I said about fragrance candles? No, I'm just joking. They're going to get dinner ready. See, God has called us to be a loving presence everywhere. God has called us to be a loving presence everywhere. Everywhere we go, we are to take the presence of God with us. This is not just about a program. This is not just about, Thanksgiving Day is not just about doing something and putting something on a Thursday. No, this is about us being changed in a profound way in order that everywhere we go, we carry the kingdom of God with us. It's everything we do. I love what David Fitch says. He says, our relationship with the poor is not to be organized as a program at our local church. Instead, in everyday life, we are to come alongside, be present to the poor in a relationship of family. In this relational space, something truly amazing happens. Jesus becomes especially present. I'd hate for us to think that we've, at the end of tonight, we say, oh, we've just done our bit. I've done my bit for the year. Now I can feel good about myself. The kingdom of God demands far more than that. We are to be that fragrant candle that goes absolutely everywhere with the presence of Jesus. And when we do that, we change the world. When we carry the presence of God, when we're the yeast, when we're the seed, we change Brisbane City, we change our community, we change our nation, we change the world. That's how the early church did it. The early church were consumed with the presence of Jesus, knowing that they'd been compelled to go and love as Jesus had loved, and they changed the world because of it. I love this quote from Julian the Apostate. That's a great name, isn't it? Maybe you can, you know, for some of you, if you have kids later on, you can call him Julian the Apostate. I'm joking. He was a Roman emperor from AD 361 to 363. And uh, obviously, he didn't love Jesus. And this is a quote that he wrote. He said, atheism, now you've got to understand, atheism back then was Christianity because they had no idea of what Christianity was. They, they believed in pagan gods and, you know, these, 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 this strange sect out of Judaism kind of believed in three gods and one, it was all very strange, so they just called them atheists. He said, atheism has been specially advanced through the loving service rendered to strangers and through their care for the burial of the dead. 
It is a scandal that there is not a single Jew who is a beggar and that the godless Galileans care not only for their own poor, but for ours as well. While those who belong to us look in vain for help, we should render to them. This little strange group of Christians were going above and beyond in loving the poor, loving the broken wherever they went carrying the ethic of the kingdom of God, carrying the ethic of Jesus and loving. See, the reason that the early church could and the reason that we can be present in every situation and can give dignity to every person, poor, broken, marginalized, whatever it is, is because Jesus has done it for us. The reason that we can be present in love is because the king was present for us. Participation in the kingdom of God is possible because the king came. The king came down. The king stepped out of heaven and came to earth and walked the dusty streets of Galilee and looked in the eyes of the leper and the cripple and the woman who was bleeding and the desperate man whose daughter was sick and said, I care for you. I love you. I am present with you. I will serve you. The king stepped down and was present with the broken and the poor. And ultimately, you know the story. He was hung on a wooden cross and he bled and he died for you And for me, the king of the universe showed us how much he loved us by dying for us. Not only that, he rose again three days later so that we can be filled with his power, that we can be filled with his love, that we can be invited into the kingdom of God. We can be present in this world amongst all kinds of people because the King was present for us. And God calls us to go into our city, into the city of Brisbane, to participate in the Kingdom of God here, to bring the Kingdom of God by our actions, allowing Jesus to to break our hearts in order that we go out and we see through Jesus' eyes to give every person the dignity that Jesus gives them, to actually be that tree of protection, of safety and connection for every person, a tree flourishing here in this building, but a tree that doesn't stay here, that's like a, a fragrant candle, a yeast that goes and works its way out into the streets into the buildings of our city. And as we do that, we will see our city changed. We must, because the kingdom of God, alive, must grow. It must. God uses us. As long as we are open and willing and available to allow Him to use us. God has been so generous to us, but it's only part of the story. He invites us to be radically generous in kind. He invites us to go and bring the kingdom of God wherever we go. Thanksgiving 
in God's kingdom goes way beyond provision and it goes to participation. We are all invited to participate in the wonderful kingdom of God. Hey, tonight we get to celebrate that. We get to celebrate not only God's generosity, but our participation. Now I want you to imagine that, that every bag that, that comes, and we've got so many bags already, and that's been awesome to see the photos from around our different campuses today of just the hundreds of red bags filled with little different bits and pieces that will be used to express love and connection, the kingdom of God to those who need to experience and know the kingdom of God. And I want to I invite you, as, uh, if you've brought red bags tonight, uh, then as you bring them forward in a moment, just imagine, almost prayerfully come, like as we celebrate, and I want us to celebrate because this is a moment of celebration of what God has done and what He's going to do. But just come prayerfully as well to say, God, with these bags, may, may someone just be touched by you. Almost just pray over them as you bring them forward and we're going to celebrate. So I'm going to get the band to come up. Hamish, Nikki, why don't you come up? And I'm going to move this back here and maybe we just bring them down here. I'm going to put this one here as a bit of a marker in it. And we're going to, we're going to sing, we're going to worship. The band are going to lead us. And uh, as they do, in your own time, if you've got a red bag with you, just come forward in a, in a, mo, in a, in a kind of a space of celebration, but also just prayer. Just say, God, will you use this for your glory? So come on, why don't we stand? Let's stand tonight and uh, let's, let's begin to sing. Let's begin to celebrate. Let's begin to worship and give thanks to God for all that He's done, how He's invited us into the kingdom and how we get to participate in the kingdom. And as we do... Uh, why don't you sing, grab your bag if you've got a bag and bring it forward and uh, we're going to celebrate together. Come on, let's sing, let's worship. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and our locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.